The Athletic. Starcast, the German football pod brought to you by The Athletic. Today, Hansi Flick thought the announcement of his departure would be the biggest story of the weekend, but no, VfL Bochum edges 7-goal thriller in Bundesliga 2. We'll bring you all the details of that, as well as the full fallout from events in Munich, the latest on the changes at Eintracht Frankfurt, Hertha being in Covid quarantine and Dortmund making a late push for the Champions League. Oh, and there's a Super League business as well. All of that in Stahlkast. Hello, dear listener, and hello to an elated Christoph Biermann for reasons that will become clear in due course. Uh, before we get going, though, a quick reminder that The Athletic's fine written content is available for just £3.99 a month for six months at the moment. Go to theathletic.com slash starcastpod to sign up. Schnell. Christoph, there's only one way to start and only one place, I should say, and that's with uh, Farfell Bochum, of course. They had a huge win at the weekend to put themselves in a great position to go up to the Super League. I mean, the German Super League, which is the Bundesliga <laughs> uh, next year. Uh, tell us a little bit about uh, your your great Bochum win. Yeah, so, so they were playing Hanover, being 1-0 down after uh, 20 minutes or so and uh, uh, playing some desperate football at that time. Then managed to turn it around, being at... Um, a uh, three-one, uh, uh, and then they got the equalizer in the last minute of the game, so the ninetieth minute of the game, and scored the winner in extra time after a corner. And so, so that was my uh, my personal highlight of the weekend. But I think a lot of people would uh, would say there were also some minor other highlights in in the German Bundesliga and in German football and in international football and in world football and um, yeah yeah highlights or lowlights I mean depending on on, on where you yeah. stand on this uh, we will talk about the Super League proposals a little bit later but before that particular bomb went off Hansi Flick thought that he had the biggest story of the weekend. <laughs> he told TV cameras live after the uh, 3-2 win at Wolfsburg from Bayern that he was going to step down or that he had told the board that he was looking to be released from his contract to be a bit more precise. He had told his players briefly before and he went public at a time when the uh, board members perhaps significantly were already on the way back on a plane, not able to react. And a very strong-worded statement came out from Bayern the next day saying they disapprove of Flick's way of communicating this, uh, that there had an agreement, that there had been an agreement to keep this in-house and under wraps until the game against Mainz, which is next Saturday. There's a Leverkusen game in between as well on Tuesday. But Flick felt for whatever, for whatever reason he couldn't he could no longer keep quiet and now the cat is out of the bag Christoph what, what do you make of all of this from from the outside looking in I think it's an interesting example of a massive failure at uh, Bayern I mean we have been discussing this conflict between uh, Flick and Ali Hamidic for weeks and weeks and weeks but that they weren't able 
to properly solve it. And I think there would have been a big chance to keep um, Hansi Flick, although the German FA is interested, or, uh, although the Germany job would be a huge temptation for him. I think there would have been a chance uh, uh, to keep him. But obviously, over the the weeks and probably more months, so so many things have, have been going wrong. And, and my main impression is that this aspect of the how, how Bayern is run as a club, that the coach is not as important as he, as he is in other uh, in other clubs has fired back to 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 some extent uh, here and i think maybe that bayern has to rethink um how they how they treat uh, their manager uh, their their coaches and um uh, how to establish a collaboration that is m- is more in tune with football in the 21st century. It's interesting that that you should say that. I mean, I would always say in purely structural terms that Bayern's way of of doing transfer business, I don't want to say disregarding, but but sort of kindly ignoring coaches' wishes, is actually the better way to run the club, uh, generally speaking, because coaches don't tend to stick around. And then you end up buying players that you don't want and buy and have made that experience themselves. However, what I do agree with you is that I think as much as you want to talk about structures and hierarchies and who's responsible for what, football ultimately is a people business. And it's not enough to say from Bayern, you the coach, you just coach, you know, forget about all your ideas and you know that, that we don't care and also the other way around I think it's not enough for a coach or it's perhaps not um, genuine for a coach to say I want to keep all players I want to sign these players I want to do you know these things with disregard to financial situations or other considerations that the club have what's happened in previous times, and there was a very good article in Süddeutsche Zeitung going back to the Van Gaal years, which was quite funny, was that Bayern have always allowed coaches that they believe in to make one or two signings just to keep them happy and to give them the sense that they are <laughs> part of the structure, part of the conversation. With Van Gaal, this delivered players like Brafheit and Pranic and uh, the immortal line when... Uri Hoeneß supposedly asked, who are are these players? Van Gaal said, oh, they're Van Gaal players. (laughs) I I mean, I I can add to this uh, from from the Borussia Dortmund perspective. So there there was a time when, I, I think even at Borussia Dortmund, when Jurgen Klopp was there, he was not in charge of the uh, signings at the clubs. And they also, there were also Jurgen Klopp players like Julian Schieber or Oliver Kirch and others. And yeah, it's, 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 it's right. It's right that coaches shouldn't be fully in charge of the transfer dealings of the club because that's absurd because they, um, it, most of their energy is been taken by their team, they they actually team preparation of matches, man management, and so on and so on. But I think you have to establish a conversation about 
transfers and a a mutual trust uh, that makes it possible that uh, things are working smoothly. And I think the, I mean, we could go in an extended discussion how good the uh, transfer dealings of Hassan Salihamidzic were. I, I think altogether they're rather underwhelming for a, a, a club of the size of, of uh, Bayern. If you're, if you're a coach, then I think we have been talking about the question of trust uh, already last week. And I think it was more, maybe not so much a, a personal thing or so, but the question, is this guy delivering players that help me, that help us, that help the club? And uh, uh, I, I think that um, uh, Flick, to an extent rightly, said no. Yeah, I, I do think there's a personal dimension between those two as well. I don't think they were ever able to transform disagreements into a debate on a professional level. I think it got personal yeah. very, very quickly. You recall that Hansi Flick, even as early as the winter training camp in Qatar, when he'd just been in the job as interim coach for a couple of months, he went public saying, I need a right back because he felt he wasn't being listened to. And I think he wasn't being listened to because Bayern at that moment felt, well, he's the interim coach. You know, why should we listen to the interim coach? And I think he took that very personally. And I think their relationship never really, really recovered. And when he was, of course, installed as, as head coach in July, he won the Champions League and then perhaps felt emboldened to be even more vocal about his ideas. And again, I think there was an inability to channel that into productive discussion. Yeah, but but here comes the point. I mean, if you see as the uh, boss of a of a company, and and in that respect, Bayern is also a company. You see that your two most important uh, leaders in the company uh, they they don't agree or don't get along well with each other. You have to intervene properly, and they didn't do it. I mean, or they tried it and didn't manage it, but they let this problem simmer on for, for, for a long time. And now it's uh, the whole thing is over. And, and that's exactly the point, Christoph. I completely agree. This is a failure of leadership, not just between those two, but the guys above them. And I think it tells you also the story of where Bayern are at the moment. They are, as far as the leadership is concerned, in, in transition. And transition can be something that is positive that can create momentum or it can be very static and almost people feel paralyzed because they're not quite gone or they're not quite there and I think in this particular case uh, Karl-Heinz Rummenigge who tried to intervene who was the backer of of Hansi Flick I think found himself increasingly isolated at the rest of the club there is a sense that he is soon gone so his his power is waning Uli Hoeneß is in the in the background, um, you know, trying to get involved, and the new two new people who should be in charge, Herbert Heiner, the president, and Oliver Kahn, the future chief executive, the successor of Rummenigge, were either unable or unwilling to get their hands really dirty, and I think that is the the bottom line. And now, of course, they find themselves in a situation where the club have been damaged. The relationship between 
the players in the club I think to an extent is damaged because there are very big voices in the dressing room who think that this is not the way things should go that the most successful coach in recent history is is basically feeling that he needs to leave they wanted him to stay by and large and even the new leadership to a certain extent are damaged I think by this affair the one thing or the one person that can now save them apart from other issues taking over and being more important is I think if they can produce Julian Nagelsmann as a successor if Salihamidzic as the sporting director says okay yeah I mean Flick it didn't work out but here is Julian you know the sexiest coach in in German or maybe in European football then the dynamic will be a different one if however Bayern fail to pull that off and there are pretty strong indications that Leipzig will be very very resistant to this idea then I think we will see a bigger fallout of this affair and then maybe Hassan Salihamidzic himself I think might be under pressure if you want to read more about this uh, the ins and outs uh, I, I wrote a, an article on The Athletic which should be up by the time you listen to this but before we, we move on Christoph let me ask this ask you this with Julian, do you feel that this is something that Bayern will be able to do or will Leipzig draw a line in the sand and say, forget it, guys? I think it very much depends on Nagelsmann himself. I found it interesting that he was so defensive about it so far. Uh, interesting sign. So they he, he didn't open the door until now. Um so it, he was just saying, yeah, yeah, they haven't contacted me, blah, blah, blah. And um, I'm here at Leipzig. I mean, the usual stuff, but but if you try to read between the lines, it was not, um, I say the normal stuff, but uh, hey, guys, I'm desperate to go to Bayern. But maybe it's not necessary because he has said all that stuff yeah, before. Maybe. He'd said, yeah. you know, I can see myself coaching in Munich one day. My family lived there. He's been wearing this red coat. <laughs> the famous coded red coat. message. Yeah. <laughs> Come and get me coat. And I think Bayern are aware that he would like to do the job. But as you said, he's been towing the company line. And he also said he's not going to start a war. The question is, can Bayern get him without starting a war? Or will they have to look elsewhere? That's going to be really, really interesting. I think it it um, very much depends on Mateschitz, the kind of owner of uh, of RB Leipzig. Um, I, I think there are um, he is good friends with the leaders at at Bayern, but whatever until that now. means until now, maybe he's he said, "Hey, my friends, uh, this time not or or, or whatever." But uh, yeah, inter- interesting weeks to come. Uh, concerning this matter, because I, I agree with you, I think it it's, uh, would be very important for for Bayern to um, pull him out of the head as the successor of Hansi Flick, because then I think I think he, he would also be accepted as a a very interesting coach by by the team uh, by by the fans and and the fans I, I mean to to um, to have a word on them. I think um, uh, many Bayern fans are, are frustrated about the situation, about the whole situation. And I think also because uh, most of the uh, Bayern supporters think that Hansi Flick, in a way, personalized 
the idea of the Bayern family, of, of somebody who is deeply a Bayern man, who is, and, and he, he is not Louis van Gaal or Pep Guardiola, who, who were a, in a way above uh, the club. He is, he gives the, the uh, impression to be very much the club. And I think a lot of supporters feel that. And uh, so I've, I think these days there is a lot of frustration about the whole affair. Well, absolutely. And, and before we do actually move on, one thing that is was interesting was that because of his way of communicating this by himself and the, the, the board closing ranks against it, I wonder if perhaps perception will just change a little bit because he, in that moment at least, didn't reveal himself as a company man. He probably felt he had to had to come clean at that point and clear his conscience. He was allowed or he was able to do so because Bayern won, as we said. Leipzig only drew the night before, which leaves Bayern seven points clear. And I think that was probably the moment where Flick felt it's safe to do now without jeopardizing Bayern's title chances. And of course, with six, sorry, five games to go, um, it's going to be very difficult for them to throw this away. However, the, the race for the top four is hotting, hotting up a little bit. Um, Wolfsburg, of course, uh, lost, as we mentioned. But more importantly, Frankfurt were also beaten quite heavily in the sort of game that has been kind of uh, symptomatic of the league this year. Um, <laughs> so I need to just take a second to get this right. So Gladbach's future coach was beaten by Borussia Dortmund's future coach. And Dortmund were the winners, uh, in a way, of course, um, because they also won against Bremen, uh, quite convincingly. And now the difference between Dortmund and Frankfurt is just four points and Wolfsburg, um, it's five. So Dortmund sensing that the door back into the Champions League might still be a little bit open. Uh, let's talk Frankfurt because it feels like a hundred years ago, but Adi Hütter um, was actually <laughs> confirmed <laughs> as as leaving at the end of the season to Gladbach. Uh, we had Freddie Bobic um, also being confirmed as the new Hertha sporting director um, after Frankfurt allowed him to rescind his contract. So the two big personalities in Frankfurt in recent years are leaving and Frankfurt tried to sign somebody else or at least had talks with somebody in Ralf Rangnick which also sort of blew up and lots of recriminations um, of who was at fault and who said what so first of all Frankfurt do you sense Christoph that with all this going on they could actually run out of steam a little bit yeah I do uh, we were wondering last week what might be the idea of uh, of Adi Hütter to leave Frankfurt on their way to the Champions League to Gladbach, uh, surely not in the uh, Champions League, only probably in the uh, Europa League or Conference League or whatever uh, next season. And uh, what I've heard, so, so what, what Hütter was uh, feeling, um, he had the impression with Bruno Hübner, uh, the team manager, and especially Freddy Bobic leaving, that the whole situation wouldn't be as good for him as it was until now. 
uh, or until then. And um, he is a man, uh, he, he's, he's very clear as a coach, but he also needs a, a certain atmosphere to properly work. So that, were, for example, was one of the reasons why he left RB Salzburg because he had the impression that he was uh, too much controlled in the way how to play football by Ralf Rangnick there and um, so and and also with hearing who the the guys that could replace um, Freddy Bobic could be he wasn't convinced that he would like to work with them I mean, Ralf Rangnick again was was one of the one of the candidates. Maybe he was shocked to hear that. <laughs> so, so that was his his uh, uh, thinking behind it, and uh, and he had the feeling that he he would find a better for him more suitable, better atmosphere uh, to 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 work at Mönchengladbach. And I think. Um, now there at Frankfurt is a kind of emotional or void uh, or vacuum. Um, with, as you said, um, Bobic leaving, Bruno Hübner going into retirement, Adi Hütter leaving. So everybody now is a bit in limbo. The players, for example, who will be my new boss? Um, if, if my contract runs out, who, who will I have to talk to or my agents have to talk to and so on. Maybe it's it 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 was one of just one of these days. This four nil defeat at um at at Mönchengladbach. But there is a feeling creeping in uh, that, um, as you say, um, Frankfurt uh, might uh, get out of steam on, on the on the last days of the season. There's another possible explanation, or perhaps it's another aspect of the explanation to think that maybe. Hütter is aware that the team is going to be significantly worse next year. Uh, Luka Jovic is likely to go back. I don't think Frankfurt are in a position to extend the loan or, or, or even buy him. It's uh, probably impossible. Um, Andre Silva has been scoring all these goals. Whether it's a release clause or some kind of agreement, there is a strong suggestion that he can leave for a certain amount of, of, of money that is probably going to be pretty affordable, even in COVID times. And there is at least a suggestion also that uh, Kostic, who's been make, who's made very little secret that he wants to also eventually move on, will have one opportunity or one way or another to to get that release as well. So maybe Hütter realized that, you know, having overperformed now in a second out of three years there, it's going to be very, very difficult to keep this up, even in the Champions League, even with the money. If Eintracht Frankfurt's financial situation is perhaps not quite as rosy as it looks from the outside, all sorts of difficulties and maybe a fresh start at, at, at Gapbach is the, is the right way forward. So it's going to be, it's going to be really interesting. Um, Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, 
courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Dortmund, I think we have to talk about as well before we turn our attention to the uh, political sphere. Um, A good win for them. Erling Haaland uh, among the goals once again after his drought of seven games and a realistic chance, as we said, of, of making top four. How do you evaluate their season, Christoph, especially in relation to the Champions League performances against City, which I think certainly the first leg, but even bits of the second leg, kind of surprised us in a positive sense? I think it, 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 um, it has given them a big boost uh, because they saw what they uh, are able to do on the pitch. Um, I mean... I mean, the whole season is a bit of a roller coaster uh, drive, and um, we have been trying to predict how things are going on, uh, only only to find out that we are co- were caught out wrong again. <laughs> but but now I, I think with the uh, with the um, where you can see the end of the season, I think they might be able to concentrate for the last five matches and 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 keep the level of performance that they were showing in in the last two weeks and and uh, again yes manchester city is the, or was the superior team uh, obviously but borussia dortmund gave them a lot of headaches and um and uh, gave gave them a lot to to uh, obstacles to overcome and i was really really impressed how how they did it how they were uh, also by by terzic how how he he managed it uh, tactic wise so that was a also a performance i think that uh, helped him to be seen as one of the top young coaches uh, in Germany, one of the next top young coaches uh, from Germany. So it still will be difficult to, to, to close this four-point gap. But now it's, um, it's not impossible anymore. Well, I completely agree with you on, on Terzic. A hugely impressive figure, uh, also in, in terms of his dealings with the media. Very concise, very interesting, very engaging, very charismatic um, you know, for someone who's never been in this position before, you couldn't help but be be impressed with him. And I can see why players would respond to him, even though he doesn't have the wealth of experience or the big name, because he's just a guy who who comes across as as very genuine and as interesting. So recently, I had the chance to uh, to meet him uh, for for a story in uh, El Freunde that uh, comes out this week, and the the impression face to face talking to him was very much the same he is a very interesting to to talk to guy he is very likable he he has something boyish about him on the uh, on the one side on the other side he is um yeah, he, he, he seems to be mature, how he talks uh, about football. He has interesting experiences working with uh, Slaven Bilic in, in uh, Istanbul. And especially, he was especially inspired by his time in the, uh, at West Ham in the Premier League. Especially meeting all the top coaches from the Premier League after matches. Um, I didn't know that. I mean, I knew that they... 
uh, coaches were sitting together and have a glass of wine, but obviously the whole affair is is bigger. So uh, also the assistants come in and there is a lot of exchange and and he picked up many ideas from there. And and so yeah, and he was he was um, uh, telling interesting uh, stuff about it. And uh, I must say, I was uh, he, I was impressed by him as a person, but also in a professional sense. Yeah, and he will of course be an assistant to Marco Rosa next season when Rosa takes over. Rosa might still leave in more positive uh, terms. Because that win from Gladbach puts them within contention of reaching um, a European place. They're now in seventh, 43 points, just ahead of a surprise package Union. <laughs> and uh, they don't give they up. They don't give up, but um, they uh, they're still in it after beating Stuttgart, their rivals for the surprise uh, package Monica, and indeed their rivals for European place two uh, one. Uh, the other important result uh, at the bottom was uh, Köln losing uh, one of the uh, derbies there against Leverkusen 3-0. That puts Leverkusen in sixth and Köln into 17th. Köln now managed under uh, by Friedem Funkel on his, I don't know, his 12th assignment or something in the Bundesliga. It feels like that. He is the big Sam of, of, uh, yeah. of the Bundesliga. <laughs> He's the guy you call when you don't want to get relegated, but you sense at the moment that that call might have been a little bit too late. And uh, we should also mention that Funke came very close to saying some really stupid stuff on German television, which was, yeah, very revealing, but not in a in a good way. Uh, the less, I guess, said about that, the better. Uh, Schalke, well, no surprise that they are still in 18th. They lost again to Freiburg. They're now on 13 points and could well be the worst team ever. Uh, Bielefeld, though, with a bit of a lifeline, they're in 15, 27 points after their little draw against Augsburg. And oh, and Hertha. Hertha we have to talk about because Hertha, as you recall, Christoph, and you, dear listener, very much um, blew up or nearly blew up the uh, Bundesliga restart protocol when Salomon Kalou live streamed a COVID test from one of his teammates and high-fived everyone in the dressing room and there was a huge fallout. He was suspended. Um, Hertha were told off and now they've they've done it again but worse in a way because there's a huge outbreak. An assistant coach Luke Bacchio, Paldadai and Marvin Plattenhardt Platten have all tested positive for COVID. The whole team has been put in quarantine and uh, the next few games have been called off, including that uh, key game against Mainz, which was supposed to happen on Sunday. Because uh, of um, jokes about Hertha aside, and there's always a good reason to, to have a bit of a laugh about Hertha, is there a danger that the league will not finish on time? Not up to now, because uh, now the, 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 uh, the games that uh, Hertha has, have to play um, are still fit, still fit into the schedule. There is an even more chaotic situation in the... Uh, second division right now with three teams in in quarantine already and i i wouldn't blame hertha too much i mean they you, you mentioned this uh, uh, kalu uh, story that was utterly crazy 
but but this what happened i think uh, it's it's very unfortunate uh, because in a way it can happen to everybody uh, so to every team because i mean the numbers are rising still in germany if you have kids and and uh, and you um it, it can happen so so maybe um the bundesliga would be a valid advice what they have been thinking about to maybe towards uh, at the end of the season to go into the, some kind of quarantine bubble uh, uh, not to to uh, miss uh, the end of the season with some some matches remaining or whatever, because the after the end of the season, uh, already five minutes later, the uh, European Championship is going to start. So so there is no not much room to navigate. But for Hertha, I mean, it's it's a uh, it's a terrible situation actually. I mean. Um, I've I've always uh, uh, held up the flag of the in Pal we trust and um, they too too good to go down and blah 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 and and they have the opponents uh, still to play where 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 they can get the points but but if you have to do this in a in a what we call a constant English English Woche so with uh, three games in a week. Um, it is uh, diminishing uh, your, your chances. I mean, not terribly, but it's diminishing them. And um, as we all know, it was, it's it's a very narrow situation. So um, yeah, so so uh, things are now really serious for Hertha. Mm. Really serious. There's also danger, of course, of the integrity of the competition being affected if. Uh, you know, some teams are playing at different times than others late on in the season when when you might know what result might work for you. But just to finish on a serious note, and um, perhaps I was being a little bit too flippant, there was also a case within the Hertha cases of Rooney Jarstein, who's been actually suffering from COVID to the extent that he even had treatment in hospital, Anne Friedrich revealed. So it's not it's not that that funny and even for a professional footballer it can be a very serious and debilitating illness we we wish him all the best of course but Christoph before we leave what's going on what's going on um I never thought I never thought I'd see this day I always thought this was going to be the nuclear button that would never be pushed but it was pushed late on Sunday night 12 big clubs or clubs who want to feel as if they're big clubs um, joined a new Super League, the Super League and have voiced their intention to effectively break away from international organized club football by UEFA and do it themselves in a system that will keep open five out of the 15 places to other clubs that might or might not qualify but basically blows up European football and maybe domestic football as we know it. Now, the German clubs have so far stood idly by. We haven't heard anything from Bayern or Dortmund, the two clubs we believe um, have been in discussion. Will that change? Will the Bundesliga hold together? Or will that line break and will the two big, guys from Bayern and Dortmund say you know what we don't like it but it's not something that we can miss out on may I ask you something back because I am wondering 
if that what you call the nuclear bottom is or hitting the nuclear bottom is what they have been for 25 years now in different fashion in different versions every time they want something from uefa if every time if they want something from the other clubs this time a a new format of the champions league that has been criticized already by a lot of fans and and the public and so on uh, and now say in a way okay we, we do this and to, to to have something to bargain for so okay we step back from this and uh, then you accept this uh, uh, next champions league reform what what i don't know that, that that was my first thought maybe it's wrong i think this is different and this is worse because this is no longer just their finger hovering above the button and say i will press this <laughs> i will press this don't make me do this don't make me do this they've actually done it they've done it and they've taken concrete steps, legal steps, to try and prevent UEFA and FIFA from going against them. You know, there's a structure in place. Florentino Perez is the new chairman. I'm sure there's some kind of broadcasting deal in place. There's certainly the financing that's in place. So this is a lot more concrete than saying we will do this. And the irony is that the new Champions League reform had really been agreed i mean there were still some points open to debate about how the money would be distributed and the exact uh, access list but it basically had gone through so there was no need to go all the way just to force through a reform that uefa believed was was a decent enough compromise this this goes much further and it's a case of brinkmanship because the clubs believe that Ultimately, what they can provide is such a compelling product that whatever FIFA, UEFA and the domestic league say, they will not be able to stop them. I'm not so sure. And of course, the German clubs are key here because if they resist and Germany as a market, as a TV market, does not come into play for this new Super League, then there would be a serious blow. I spoke to someone from fairly high up from from a German club last night, and they they couldn't believe they couldn't believe what the those those twelve breakaway clubs had done. They thought that there was no chance that this was going to work, and they didn't understand why they wanted to push it this far. So back to that initial question, Christoph, do you think that Bayern and Dortmund, because of the way that they're structured and because of their concern for the Bundesliga on the whole? will hold steady in their reluctance to join because they haven't said no they just haven't said yes yet i think that's a difference mm. yeah or will this all change and will Bayern and Dortmund say you know what yeah we don't like it but 400 million euros guaranteed if we sign you know we kind of can use the money and uh we'll, we'll, we'll find a way then to 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 make it work i think the opposition in Germany towards this kind of stuff is stronger than in other big European uh, football league or country. I mean that we, we have uh, we have discussed here the uh, specialties of, of German football with having this fifty plus one. How complicated and illogical it it is 
uh, to a certain extent here and there. My feeling is that the Bayern and Borussia Dortmund would make themselves kind of outlaws of German football uh, when they do this. And I think it would be, I mean, especially at Borussia Dortmund, fans would hate it if, if they they would do it. And... Um, and that would also, I mean, uh, they, they uh, clubs also think of, of their brand identity and, and, and stuff like this. And I think that would harm the brand of Borussia Dortmund and Bayern. But, but maybe, maybe um, there is so much on the table for them that they uh, think, yeah, maybe we, we, we find a way around it and, and people still like us, although we're in there. And, um, and also, I'm, I'm, I'm not conv- actually, I'm not convinced that this uh, Super League really will work. Uh, I, I, and I, 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 I'm impressed by, by clubs like Arsenal. Can I refer to them as a mid-table team from from England, or um, I think you can, or Tottenham, Tottenham, a club that I don't know. I mean, they haven't won anything in in decades, or, or maybe uh, the odd League Cup or so to be members of the you know, the Super League. I, I find it so strange. It's it's distorting every every idea of of what uh, sport is is about it's um i, I mean i share the disgust uh, uh, that um, a lot of people in football have shown uh, within the last 24 hours it's and it's and it's deeply uh, frustrating and 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 also in the context of of this pandemic where everybody is living in now um to to come up with this uh, concept that is fueled mainly by greed, I, I can't say it uh, otherwise. Um, is um, I, I wouldn't say it destroys football or so, because in in a way football is indestroyable, but it it uh, um, the risk is so much bigger than the gain that's what i would think let's see how crazy they are yeah i mean i'm i'm still hopeful that it won't come it won't come to this but this has been the most precarious situation i think that uh, football as we know it has been in because if this goes through then the knock on effects for for everything are are huge and potentially very very destructive so a momentous, a momentous day, not just because of uh, Hansi Flick's announcement, <laughs> but also the Super League coming. Oh, these things tend to come in two and threes, as does the Steikast, because we're back on Thursday after the Englische Woche round of midweek matches. And then we'll come back on Monday for the regular version as well. So do tune in. We'll have some news of the games and I guess of the political developments as well by then. Take care, all the best, and see you then. Bye. The Athletic.